Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. We're going to talk a little bit about this tonight about a holy boldness that comes upon us when we get in the will and in alignment with God. But Numbers chapter 33. It states in verse number three, Then the Israelites set out from Ramses on the fifteenth day of the first month, the day after the Passover. Let me hear everybody say they marched. They marched out defiantly in full view of all the Egyptians. Now, if you grew up in Sunday school, Maybe my Sunday school teacher wasn't the greatest, but I always thought that the Israelites just kind of slipped out when nobody was watching. But this and the story in Exodus seems to debunk that, that they walked out defiantly and in full view of the Egyptians. And it states, who were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had struck down, for the Lord had brought, brought judgment on their gods. Verse number five, it states, the Israelites left Ramses encamped at Sukkoth. And verse, if you flip to Exodus chapter number 12, verse number 36, just to preface this narrative, this is the second time that this phrase is used in the book of Exodus, but it states, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. And I don't know about you, but there's just something that when you read this story of the Exodus after hundreds of years of slavery, that they didn't just go quietly. They went with the favor of the Lord that the Lord had put on their enemy and said, you're going to give my people favor, but you're going to give them a little something for the road for all that you've done and all that you've kept them for these last couple hundred years. And I just feel led of the Holy Ghost tonight to preach to you boldly marching. Very simply, boldly marching. In the documentary, and uh, my wife sometimes laughs at me, but I love documentaries. You give me a good documentary about World War II, World War I, something history related, I could get lost there for hours. But there's this documentary called The March of the Penguins, and uh, I've watched it. It follows the emperor penguins of Antarctica on their incredible journey through ice and snow to the mating grounds of up to 70 miles inland. It's narrated by good brother Morgan Freeman, who does his best impression of this velvety voice as he lays out what would probably be a pretty boring film to watch if it wasn't for this. But he talks about how these three-foot-high birds in the world's most inhospitable environment and brutal conditions do something amazing. Once the males have reached the breeding ground where the eggs are, they are then given the responsibility to watch the eggs while the females go and hunt to prepare for the birth of these new penguins. If you know anything about penguins, they are very competitive in nature. However, during this time, 
they form a team for the sake of survival. And in this documentary, it will show you that the storm, perhaps one of the greatest storms that's ever been seen in this time, it was a once-in-a-lifetime storm, comes. The winds were belting them and absolutely crazy. The temperature was below 80 degrees below zero with wind chills, with winds blowing at 100 miles per hour. However aggressive they can be during the rest of the year, it is at this time that the males become totally dependent upon one another. They form a united cooperative team. They brace against the storm by merging their thousands of bodies into a single mass. And throughout this, they perform this almost orchestrated move where they will take turns of getting to the middle so that they can get heat and warmth and then will move their way back out so that the next can do so. And throughout this, we see that there is something to be said for unity. In this documentary, there are none that have lost eggs because somebody got too far away. There are none that have lost eggs because somebody decided to fight, but rather it was the unity that allows them to boldly do what they would not do by themselves. If you've ever played on a sports team, you understand that being a good teammate and being part of the team and having good teamwork is going to do a lot of great things and it can make up for a lot of talent that may not be there. For example, the team that I played on in basketball my senior year, we weren't very good individually. Let me just say that. I averaged two points a game. I was not very good. However, what I was very good is I averaged 10 and a half rebounds and eight assists per game. So I could rebound the ball. I could pass it. And there were kids on our team who would average 20 to 25 points a game. And I knew my place on the team. And we were able to accomplish great and mighty things by being together and unified. However, I think about this and I think about the early years of primitive war where they would march in unison. They would be led by some form of instrument, perhaps a drummer or a bugler, and they would do these things and they would march to a point in the battlefield where they would stand just hundreds of yards from each other and decide that this is a good place to fight right in front of each other. Now, I am much more of a modern warfare fan where I would not like to, if I had to fight, I want to be one of the guys flying a drone in Arizona where I don't have to see anybody. I don't have to worry about anybody coming in that bunker that's 150 feet below ground. I don't want to. But this is how they fought. They would stand up, and again, I, you know, they, in the movies they show you that the heroes want to be on the front line, and I'm, I, I don't know if I'm a front line guy. I mean, I look at these guys, and I'm like, man, you're going to be, you're going to be dead in about 30 seconds. What's the point? However, it is in these times and in these early history lessons that we learn about the Grecian armies. They were known to have the most precise marching formations in history down to the half step. They would march so tight and so compact that their shields would block each side. The man on the left would carry his shield on the left to protect those that were in the middle and in his row. The man on the right would be protecting, have his shield on the right. It would protect everybody in the middle and into the left. However, they had to be ambidextrous because if the one man on the left fell, the person that was on the right would have to pick up his shield. There is something to be said when we march with boldness and unity. And it's from these tactics that we saw that we get a lot of our tactics today that we use, whether it's how they were experts at flanking or that how they were experts at coming around and taking people by surprise. This was done with unity and precision. 
However, there is something that came upon them whenever the Grecian armies would march. It was almost an arrogance, but it was boldness. They knew that they were together. They knew that they had the ability to win because of who was on their side. And I don't know about you, but I've read the back of the book, and I know who is on my side. Because if God be for me, who can be against me? We may not have swords and shields like they did in the Grecian times where that's how they fought, but we've got the Word of God where we can stand on every single promise that's in here and we can boldly march into the 21st century, into the year of 2023 and say, I don't know what this year may hold, but I know who is on my side. I may know that there may be challenges that are going to come. There may be loss that's going to happen, but I know in whom I have placed my trust and I'm boldly marching into a year saying I'm following the vision Bishop I'm going to do whatever it takes to go forward and say I will boldly march to the word and to the voice of God the Bible back to our text chapter leads us to the story of the Israelites they leave Ramsey which is a place of green fertile grass it's a beautiful place and they leave and begin their trip to the promised land and the first place they stop is Sukkoth, which is a place which literally means a brushland. It's not beautiful. It's not green. It's not lush. But sometimes we've got to leave the comforts and get into the rough so that we can march boldly into our prophetic destiny. You see, when God steps onto the scene, very rarely does He ever take us the easy way, but rather He's getting us to a point where our trust and our reliance is on Him, and we say, God, if I'm going to march boldly, I got to know that You're there. I got to know that You'll lead me through the good. I got to know that You'll lead me through the bad. And it's in those testimonies that we begin to see that God has been with us every single step of the way, that we can sing about the goodness of God. All my life, He's been faithful. He's never left me, He's never forsaken me. And I've come to tell somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost that if you can begin to boldly march when the enemy is behind you, when the enemy is chasing after you, guess what? Goodness and mercy is also following you. And I know that I can stand. I know that I can go because I'm boldly marching to the things of God. But here we see this story, this narrative, is that they marched defiantly. Now, again, I, having seen the works of God, you would have to imagine there was probably an error about the Israelites at this point. There were the frogs, there were the locusts, and if you were here on Sunday morning when Brother Chris taught about faith and he taught a little bit about this, man, I, I, as he was talking about it, he was doing the noises and kind of, and I was thinking about it in my mind, I would not be okay if there were frogs in the peanut butter cabinet. I, I'm just sorry, I wouldn't be. I, if I were Pharaoh, I'd be like, you take whatever you need, you're messing up my meal now, it ain't happening. And I mean, he went out to get a steak and the cows were dead. It's just not good. I don't know if he ate steak, but I do. So you start messing up my steak supply, we're going to have a problem. And during COVID, when they were saying that there's going to be food shortages and I... I I got to be honest, hearing about famine really caused me to pray like never before. I'll never forget Pastor Justin and I at the beginning of COVID. Um, we had Taco Bell together. And I got to tell you, as we were munching on those tacos, all I could think about was what am I going to do if Taco Bell goes away? That night I went home and prayed like I've never prayed before. 
God, take, don't take Taco Bell. I'm not ready for a famine. But you would think that the Israelites in this moment and in this time have seen the handiwork of God. And they said, you know what? We're going to do what it takes. We're ready to go. And so here we see our text chapter and we see this narrative that God has now called them. And if you read this entire story, and uh, you can read it, if you read it in uh, the, um, the NIV or the NKJV, it just gives you such a beautiful narrative of what happens here. And the Egyptians, again, as we read in our text chapter, God said he placed, told, he gave them the idea that they needed to give favor to the Israelites. That was a God idea. You've oppressed my people. You've beaten them. You've killed some of them. But one last thing I'm going to do before I leave to really prove that I'm God is I'm going to make you have favor on them. You're going to give them a little something for the journey, if you will. And so here we see that the Israelites are beginning to pack up. They're ready to go. The plagues have happened. They hear the word of God that it's time to march. And they begin this word defiantly, and every other translation is used as boldly. They begin to boldly march through the camp of the enemy, through the city of the enemy, and say, we've been here long enough, but it's time to fulfill my prophetic destiny that was spoken of. We're about to go to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. We're about to go to a place that has been promised to me and has been promised to my ancestors. And while they may never see the milk and the honey, they may never live in houses that they didn't build, but you know what? We're going to a place and we're going to begin to march boldly. So the enemy gives them a little something for the road. And the Israelites begin to march. And while the Egyptians are cleaning up and burying their dead, here come the Israelites walking through, saying, I'm going to the promised land. I don't know if they were singing songs, but if you're going to be boldly marching, I can assure you that you probably got a song in your heart, probably coming from your lips saying, you know what? I'm going to my promise. I'm going to my promise. I'm going to my promise. And I've come to tell somebody you've been, the enemy has been all around you for a long time. You might have went through 2022 in the greatest trial of your life. But let me just tell you on the second Wednesday of 2023 that God is calling some of you out of the enemy's camp. He's going to have to pay for the mistakes. He's going to have to pay for it. It's going to be on his bill. And what God is getting ready to do is unleash the supernatural vision like you've never seen before the provision is in the land let me just tell somebody tonight that God is getting ready to open the door so that you can boldly march into a prophetic destiny so that prayers can be answered the vials are getting ready to be poured out and I've come to tell somebody tonight that we will boldly march into our prophetic destiny Come on, the provision was in the land for the Israelites. The enemy gave them everything that they needed when they were packing up to walk out. I've come to tell somebody that what the enemy meant for evil in your life, God's about to turn for good. Hallelujah. But I love God. He says, you know what? You've been oppressed. You've been beaten. You've been hurt. My last little piece to the enemy is this. You're going to walk through while they're going through the greatest trial of their life. 
Come on, Pharaoh's burying. They're burying their children. He's saying, listen, you know what? I'm going to call my children out while you're burying your children. And let me just tell somebody, the enemy has tried to go after your children. And let me just stop here and say, they are a child of the king. If they have repented and been filled with the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name, there's a king that's coming after them. There's a king that's saying, this is my child. This is my child. feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Let's throw our hands to heaven right now. They came and they left his victors. And here we see that God showed them that I crushed the enemy for you to walk out. It wasn't enough that he gave them the plagues. Oh no. He was saying, my people, they're going to leave like victors. They're going to leave. And you're saying, well, that's harsh. How could God do that? But let me just tell you, you weren't there for the 400 years that they were oppressed. You didn't see all the things that they had to suffer. But God said, my people are going to walk out as victors. And I've come to tell somebody tonight that 2023 is going to be a year of victory for you and for your family. Something had to die, the flesh, the old things had to die. But the Israelites would wake up slaves one day and leave victors the next. We see the story, we know the story of what happens after they leave Egypt. We know this. But here's the thing, is that God commanded them to march boldly and defiantly through the city. It was God showing them that I will be with you every single step of the way. You're going to come to a Red Sea. Don't don't be afraid when the Red Sea comes, because here's what happens. Here's how the enemy works. Let me just, there's a little spiritual warfare lesson for you. When you get the victory and when you feel that God is starting to turn the tide in your family, what's going to happen is... The enemy is going to present you with a Red Sea after you've walked out defiantly out of Egypt. And that Red Sea is going to seem insurmountable, and you're going to say, well, I, the, we, we hear that statement, the devil you know is better sometimes than the devil you don't know. That's not true when it comes to God, because you've got God on your side, all right? So the Red Sea that might be in front of you, the enemy is going to say, well, it would have been a whole lot better if you were just a little bit more comfortable back there, if you didn't worship as hard, if you didn't pray as hard, if you didn't fast as hard, you didn't do all those great and mighty things for God to see victory and to see exploits. Now I've got to turn the heat up on you. And the enemy will use that and try to convince you of that. And I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Listen, there is some spiritual warfare that needs to happen when those moments come in. It's when you get to the Red Sea that you just need to realize that, you know what? It's time to see the works of the Lord again. The plagues were there, okay? God brought them through, and he brought them out with victory, and he gave them favor amongst the Egyptians as they were leaving. But when that Red Sea comes, the enemy is going to use that. But if you can just stand there on the bank of the Red Sea and say, God, I'm stretching out my hands, and you do what only you can do, God, and I'll stand here, and when you tell me to walk, I'll walk. If you tell me to stay here for a few minutes, God, I'll stay here for a few minutes. But God, I'm going to do what you told me to do because I'm boldly marching. So what happens is Moses lifts his arms up, and the Red Sea parts, and they 
they walk through on dry ground. And if I'm my, my mind, I'm thinking about the fact that they're probably boldly marching through that Red Sea saying God did it back there. He's going to do it again. We all know that there were a lack of faith, but I've come to tell someone tonight that when you get to the Red Sea, you can have faith again because God that did it before, he'll do it again. All my life you've been faithful, God. All my life you've been so good and I can boldly march. And the enemy is going to use things to try and sink your 23 just like he sunk your 22. And there's going to be trials. And perhaps some of us have still facing the effects of COVID and all those things. And I understand that. But I've come to tell somebody tonight in the Holy Ghost that you don't have to live in the enemy's world any longer. You don't have to live in Egypt any longer. That you can boldly march your way right out to victory. And to say that this will be a year of victory in my life. This will be a year of victory in my family. This will be a year of victory in everything that I put my hand to. What God is reaching for tonight is to say that the destiny that you're marching to, the prophetic destiny that you're marching to, will look a lot of the times like you don't know how you're going to get through. You don't know how the enemy is going to stand right in front of you, but God's going to make a way. But let me just tell somebody tonight that if God is with you, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. The enemy has come in like a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. The enemy has tried to take things that are so deep and so personal that if we were being honest tonight, it would be hard for some of us to articulate the attacks that we've been under or the trials that we've been or the things that have happened to us and we can't articulate them and perhaps even in prayer it's even hard to verbalize them to God. And we sit there and we say, God, I just don't know how I'm going to get through this. But I can tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost that if you can boldly march, on the other side of that is victory. On the other side of that is the prophetic destiny that's been spoken over you. And I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. There are some prophetic destinies that got locked up in 2022 that we forgot about. And we're starting to think about them and say, I want something different this year. I want God to do great and mighty things. And, and God is bringing to remembrance. Pastor Justin preached, and if you haven't listened to it, go back on our podcast. He preached a message about God bringing to remembrance things in our lives for very specific reasons. And it was after that message, Pastor Justin, that God began to bring dreams and visions and things that I had had that I hadn't thought about. It's not that I was discouraged. It's not that I, I just hadn't forgotten. I had forgotten about them because they hadn't happened yet. But since that message, there have been things that have notable things that I remember when I was 13, 14, 15, 16 years old that have begun to happen in my life. Dreams and visions that have begun to come to pass. And the enemy... His number one tactic is to get you to forget about all the good things. To forget about the fact that God gave you favor as you walked out because now there's a Red Sea. But I've come to tell somebody tonight that if you can boldly march into this year and say, God, you know what? It may look like a Red Sea in front of me. It may look like I'm stuck in the middle of Egypt and there is no hope, there is no victory. But God, you've called me to march, and you've said that there's something on the other side. God, I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other. Because once you get to the middle of Egypt, you're going to look around and realize that the enemy isn't there like you thought that they would be. 
you're going to realize that you've got favor all of a sudden with people on your job that you've never had favor with before. That your boss all of a sudden is getting off your back and saying, you know what, you're doing a great job. All of a sudden things are starting to change in your world and, and in your family and all of a sudden you're not facing the same resistance anymore and it's because you've got a prayer life. It's because you've been fasting like never before. It's because you've been in the word like never before. And all of a sudden you say, you know what, I can get with the vision. I can have spiritual conversations. I can begin to pray on location. I can begin to teach Bible studies all over again because that holy boldness has come on you like never before and God is saying listen if we can just get that boldness like never before we can see victories that we've never seen before we can see miracles we've never seen before but it's going to take a holy boldness as the musicians come tonight as we stand we're about to turn this place into a big altar call and I believe God's getting ready to do something supernatural in this place You see, it was so funny. This is an old Bible of mine, and I, I brought the old Bible out tonight. This Bible's seen some stuff, man. Um, it's seen some stuff. In fact, my, this, excuse me, one of the first things I wrote down in this book, in this Bible, on the uh, Holy Bible is presented to, is worship. Your life depends on it. Flip to the back and... There's a lot of messages in here, stuff I've written down for people that have preached messages. And, uh, I, you know, some of the times, sometimes God just does some, some stuff, and you're just like, I don't get it. But I opened my Bible tonight, and one of the things I saw, it says, this kingdom isn't visible, but it can't be moved, talking about the kingdom of God. Or perhaps there is another scripture in here where it states, God, lead me with boldness. I mean, in 2005, I didn't know what I was writing. That's what I was feeling in that moment. Then I opened up my Bible, and uh, one of the first passages that I came to in my Bible was found was the story of Jehoshaphat. When the uh, they're surrounded by the enemy, and it doesn't seem as if there's a path forward to victory. So what do they do? They call a fast and they call a prayer meeting. Hey, we're in the middle of 21 days of consecration and praying and seeking God. Let me just tell you this much. There's something that happens when you begin to pray and begin to fast. You begin to shake the spirit world. And they go before God, and we know the rest of the story. God shows up and brings them victory. But it was in the midst of that 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 story that it, I found myself in a situation in life in my walk and relationship with God and I never forget it and it's in this Bible that I wrote it down that there was this moment in my life where I said God I, I can't see victory I can't, I can't even feel I can't even sniff it the thought of victory was just absent from my mind because of the weight that I was under but all I could remember was the story when he said let's call a prayer meeting let's have a fasting and sure enough on the other side of that the next morning they woke up and they began to praise the almighty God that's right the choir sang something shifted in my life because I realized that when I walk boldly with God there's always victory. There's always favor. You may
may go through a season and a trial where it feels like you've been in it for years. You may feel like all of 22 was a waste in that trial, that season. You don't understand it. But I've come to tell somebody tonight that if you can just begin to boldly march. I don't understand it, but God, I'm going to walk. don't understand it. My legs are tired and I feel like I, I just, I have no faith left. God, one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to boldly march. If you feel that you just need a, an encouragement in the Lord tonight, this altar is for you. If you feel that you just need God to just perhaps give you a little bit of boldness, this altar is for you tonight. pray and we're going to release, release boldness and strength in this place the enemy has done a great job of convincing some of you that you, you there's no reason for you to have boldness there's no way that you can survive the enemy has done a great job of saying this trial that you're in, this season that you're in is never going to change. Nothing's going to change. And you know what? This is just the way your family is. This is just who you're meant to be. But let me just tell you, if you've repented of your sins, if you've been baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the precious Holy Ghost, you are a child of the King and you can walk with boldness even when you're walking through the enemy's camp. You're going to be able to say, this is mine. This is mine, and I'm taking back all that you took. David recovered all. I want every hand all across this room lifted up right now. If you're able to lift your hands, lift your hands right now. Just lift your voices right now all across this room. We're going to release the word of faith here in just a moment for boldness and supernatural strength in the spirit to be loosed in supernatural faith. Come on, if you know how to war in the spirit, go to war in the spirit for just a moment right now. Come on, if you're praying for your children, I want you to lift their names up right now. Just begin with boldness to speak the name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.